powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Game Over Winnipeg. As always, my name is Liz, and I'm joined by a special guest, Connor uh, Rabcheck today. I don't think I'm going to pronounce that name correctly. Connor's on Twitter, big moose guy, big jets guy, and we're here to break down the 2-1 overtime win against the National Predators today. So, Connor, how are you doing today? I'm good. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, that last name pronunciation was a lot closer than a lot of people get it, so I will take it. I will take it as well. Excellent. Good. Glad to hear that. So, uh, yeah, big big win today. And I was talking to Connor before. Every time I get someone on who's not, you know, Brady, I'm like, okay, let's. We're gonna talk about this. We're gonna talk about that. What do you want to talk about this game? We didn't even go over that. We didn't do the preamble. We're like, this was fun. Let's talk about the fun, right? Yeah, so yeah. that 2-1 yeah. win, it should have been a little bit further apart than 2-1, in my humble opinion, but I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, UC Soros, I, I was looking before the game started, and he hasn't been, like, amazing this year, as he has in years past. Like, he's been okay, and he got all of the goals save above expected or all the save percentage. All of it came back to him in this game because for – 60 minutes he was amazing and then of course the one shot that beats him is like i don't even know they, they had the jets had so many better chances throughout the entire game but that was the one that beat him it was ridiculous oh i know oh my gosh watching that come in so i don't know if you guys are the same way as me but like the last little bit like the last couple of years i've just been kind of apathetic about some of the jets things and i just feel like i've kind of become like numb to some of the hockey things like they score and i'm like Ooh, okay sounds good but twice today the first goal, which I know we'll talk about, and then the Josh Morrissey breakaway in overtime, I was yelling. I was screaming. Like, I was, oh my goodness gracious. And I didn't think that goal was going to go in, especially the way Saros had been playing. I was like, he'll, he'll grab that one. And then it trickled in, and I was like, oh my goodness, what a way to end this game. Yeah, if Morrissey had scored at the end of a minute and a half shift on that breakaway, this 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 would have been the craziest game ever. Of course, it ends on kind of an anticlimactic shot from like the top of the circles but that Demello goal obviously we'll talk about it but that was amazing. we'll get there i i need to like psych myself up because oh that yeah. we'll probably talk about that for like i would say like 85 percent of the show you know one single goal <laughs> yeah. you no know. but yeah that um like the shot that you're talking yeah it was like kind of anticlimactic i was like okay whatever but perfetti before he finished his shift he had that nice little push in off the boards and I was like oh my gosh I first when I saw him get on the ice I was like oh my goodness they're finally playing him in overtime I was so happy like and then he was coming in up on the right wall there and I was like oh no he's gonna get like I thought he was gonna get stripped there and then he had a nice little like tuck around the defender and then he got through and he kept the possession in there and I was like oh sweet he's just gonna make sure they they can keep it because obviously possession is everything in three on three overtime and I was like he's just gonna keep it and then go off and he went and he shift changed and boom because because of that that's why they scored so I always make it about myself for the things that I want and I always want Perfetti to do well and I think he was a huge underrated part yeah. of that goal yeah and like you said it's awesome to finally see him in overtime I've been yelling for that the whole year it kind of sucked that he was with Lowry and Dylan, who are two like defensive-minded players. But <laughs> it's nice to see him take the win. Yeah, I don't know. Just take what we can get at this point. But yeah. Oh, absolutely. I would have liked to see him with some more offensive-minded players. But oh, for sure. Well, I yeah, and Lowry playing in overtime. Lowry and Dylan playing in overtime at all. I just what? Why? Yeah. Like I, I don't get it. I don't love it. Um, but that's besides the point. Like you said, we'll take the wins that we can get. 
they know what kind of player they have in him. Exactly. Let him play in the kind of situations he's good at. When he has space, honestly, even when he doesn't have space, he's good at making space, right? And when you have all that extra room to work with, with four right. less skaters in the ice, it's amazing to see what he can do. And I'm excited for him to get more chances to do that. Yeah, I hope they stick with it because when Ehlers comes back or if Schmidt doesn't get hurt mid-game, you'll probably see him with, again, like Schmidt or Ehlers um, or just any other more offensive minor players. They can really cool with which combos they want to go with. They won't be limited to putting Dylan and Lowry on the ice. So I hope that they don't go away from it. Uh, yeah, Obviously, no. the four death has kind of taken a hit, so maybe that's why he was out, but... I'd like to see them stick with it, especially when Ehlers comes back. Yeah, don't, don't give me that nonsense. Don't say, oh, they take it. No, no, yeah. let's let's take yeah, exactly. let's take our wins. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah. I kind of want to talk, you know, obviously the overtime is exciting. And I picked my player of the game, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. Um, if you guys aren't aware, I like to pick a jersey every time I'm streaming from down here. Just one little jersey to hang on the wall. Who deserves it tonight? I mean... I always think Dubois deserves it because, you know, that's just me. But um, I, before overtime started near the end of that third, I was like, man, oh, man, like, I really liked a lot of what I've seen from this individual player tonight. But, oh, my goodness, that giveaway at the beginning of overtime. Oh, my God. I was like, that is it was the so most funny because, Dubois move ever. Yeah. It was so funny because Dan Robertson uh, was doing the play-by-play. And as Dubois is coming into the zone, he says something like, oh, you don't want to make a careless pass because possession is so... Um, clearly he wasn't listening because that was so bad my brother and i were watching downstairs and we literally both looked at each other when they said that we're like oh my god oh my god i was like you gotta be kidding me but you know what yeah a win's a win we'll take the way that that went the possession like obviously possession like i said before like is everything in overtime right but i think a big indictment of how good a team is and how much a team wants to win is how they can kind of create that possession. And the Jets' possession was not, like, great, but they were able, like, any time that there was, like, pressure together by the Predators and, like, puck battles, like, they always came out with it, which is really nice. And you love to see it. You love to see it. Yeah, and that kind of... A lot of that happened on, like, uh, on the same shift. Is like, the game would be just, like, in the normal flow of play for five minutes, and then the Jets would have, like, a minute and a half shift where they're just cycling it in the Predator zone. And then Saros would bail them out and make three ridiculous saves. But that was a theme that kept popping up was the cycle game was working. They would get like four shots, a shift, and then they would retrieve the puck. The puck retrieval offensively was really good. And that just led to the Predators being tired and then Saros having to bail them out basically for the entire game. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's that's the big storyline of the game. And it was funny. You see people on Twitter. It's like, I feel like we see this like every time we get out goalied and it's like, I it, is it getting old at this point or is it not? Because like, um, you see, it's like, is this how teams have felt against the Winnipeg Jets for the last four years? Because it's so true. It's like you're watching yeah. it. And I'm like, I, especially as a person who's so like expected goals driven in the way that I like to watch the game and stuff. It's like, I don't even know. Like, obviously, I know what more I could have asked for my team in this game. It was to score a goal. That's what I could have asked from them. But it's like they were playing really well. There were a lot of really good things in this game. But UC Saros was absolutely the storyline of the game. He's had a rougher year and it's shown in in the Predators' standings results and, and game scores and whatnot, but he's still, like, a really good goalie. And I think, like, you know, with outliers aside, is still a easily top 10, if not higher, in the league. Like, he's a fantastic goaltender, and we really saw the best of UC Saros tonight. Yeah, and good goalies always have the talent to just have ridiculous nights like this. Um, even last year when Hellebuck was barely top 10 in, like, goal save above expected, and it was, like, a, quote, down year for him. He would still have 
a game every two weeks or three weeks where he would make 40 saves and save four more goals than he should have. And th- that that's just what Saros did tonight. Like, yeah, he might be having a rough year, but he always has the talent to just go unconscious for a game and almost almost steal the win, steal a point. Absolutely. And I genuinely thought it was going to happen. And you thought it was going to happen, too. You had an awful time. I did. Like, oh, this has a 2-1 shootout win for the Preds all over it. I was like... I'm booting him off the show, I swear to God. Cause, no, I didn't but... expect Kyle Connor to score from the top of the circles, and that would be the the winner. I didn't I didn't think uh, Saros would let that in. Yeah, no, I definitely didn't think that one that one was going in either. But I thought that like the top six in general tonight I thought was quite good. And I thought they were creating a lot of really fantastic chances. And I thought that they had uh, some really good some really good pressure tonight. And the chances themselves, I should correct myself, like the the end part of those chances like their finishing was a little bit rougher and the actual shots like hitting the net was a little bit rougher than you know we would have liked for it to have been but as far as like you know actually making their way into the zone and setting things up pretty well like I thought that both of the top lines tonight were pretty good and that's what I've been looking for personally is both of the top lines to be good on the same night because it seems like we're getting one or the other half the time it's like either the Shifley lines firing on all cylinders and Dubois looks like he's playing midget hockey and learned how to skate yesterday or vice versa right so I thought that they both look good tonight and that's always you know very exciting yeah and the top six is more like in terms of on entry that they like to carry the puck in more like the bottom six is it's so noticeable that they just dump the puck in at every chance as soon as they get over the red line, they just hammer it in and then go chase it. And the Predators, like, there were times where the third and fourth line would get sustained pressure. And actually, like, the fourth line tonight in their limited minutes, it seemed. But uh, the top six carrying it in and then sustaining the pressure seemed to be a lot more effective than the bottom six, who is more driven to just dumping it in and then the Predators would break it right out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think we have to talk about the standalone Winnipeg Jets goal of the night in regulation. Um, I was texting Connor before the game. I was like, hey, like, here, you know, things, this is how it's going to work. I'll send you the link. This is what we'll do. I was like, we can, you know, chat throughout the game if we want to talk about some storylines we want to talk about. When DeMello scored, I was like, nothing else. I'm not talking about anything else in this game. But I was like, you know what? I'm professional. I can talk about some other things, but I don't really want to talk about anything else. I want to talk about this. Dylan DeMello scores his first goal since November 13th of 2021. How did you feel about that? I loved the goal. Like, he's in the crease, and he, like, boxes out a defender and goes to his backhand and taps it in. Like, I, I it's not a – it didn't just, like, bounce in off of him. Like, that takes a decent amount of skill to box out a defender and tap it in on your backhand. And then the funniest thing for me was he scores the goal, and then his next, like, three shifts, I swear he was below the goal line for the entire shift. He was – he scored a goal and he just got so much confidence offensively that he just kept pushing. And it was like, all right. I mean, if, if, if this is going to happen, this is going to happen. If you're going to become an offensive defenseman, go for it. Uh, and then he just, in the second period, early in the second, he had one shift where he attempted like three shots. And I was like, I've never seen that from DeMello in my life. That goal just like gave him so much confidence. It was so funny. And I love that. Like, I think that's the thing. Like, yeah. when people talk about Dylan DeMello, they see, you know, this was his, what, ninth career goal or something ridiculous like that, right? Like, yeah. they see not a lot of goals, not a lot of points, and like, oh, he's bad at offense. And I've always liked to argue with that a little bit because I find that he actually holds the point quite well and makes better decisions um, than a lot of other guys that people might consider to be offensive defensemen, which people often just like to 
call dudes who suck at defense as offensive defensemen and vice versa. Um, right. When guys, you know, can't score, can't shoot, they're like, oh, defensive defenseman. I'm like, no, no, he's just bad. But Dylan DeMello is like actually right. like a good <laughs> defenseman. He's good at everything. Um, and right. that right. goal I love particularly because it was at four on four. And one thing that drives me nuts <laughs> about the Jets is that when it's not five on five, when it's four on four or three on three, sometimes they just automatically resort to defense. And it's like, no, 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 yeah. you're at the same thing here like they're struggling you're struggling like you're both down a man act like it act like you're not yeah. down one more than they are and i love that he took that chance and it worked out in his favor yeah and a lot of the times like it's a very conservative way to think is like you're gonna play defensively because uh you don't want to give up chances but if you believe that shifley connor morrissey and Demello are better than the other four, like, go for it. Like, just play offensively. Have DeMello be in the crease, boxing out defenders and tapping in goals. Like, it's it's the, definitely the right thing to do because being conservative just puts whoever has the better players, which in this game would be the Jets, uh, at a disadvantage. You're not taking advantage of the open space, having the better players and stuff like that. So I'm totally. glad that they push, push the pace. Yeah, absolutely, and I think you're 100% right on that. It's like, who has the better players in that situation? You're right, it absolutely is the Winnipeg Jets. Who was the guy that Dylan DeMel boxed out in front of the net? It was Matt Duchesne. Give me a break. Do you think yeah. Matt Duchesne's better yeah. than Mark Shifley? Not in this year. No way. Like, no way. <laughs> so yeah. I love it. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. And also, it's just like, you like to see good guys do well, and everyone loves Dylan DeMello. Like, come on. What's not to like about everyone. that guy? Exactly. He's He's amazing at everything, and he never scores and it's it's so nice to see him get rewarded with one because you know how much he does def uh, defensively so to see him get a goal is just it's like he's being vindicated and he's he's being shown that he he has so much value to this team that goes unnoticed absolutely yeah and i you know like and i'm not sure if you're the same way but i love to sit here and pick apart you know like oh these are all the different uh you know smaller metrics on things like zone entries or zone yeah. exits or here's his heat map of neat fr net front defending and here are all the things that he's really good at and it's like okay that's great but there's nothing more fun than scoring a goal so you're just you're really exactly. happy for the guy when it happens exactly and no one deserves it more than him he's absolutely. he does so much defensively he, he needed one absolutely great. and yeah so super nice to see was so so happy for that and like you said the defensive or pardon me the offensive like prowess that we saw from him in the ensuing shifts i was like oh my goodness like is this has he been revived is this a, a new angle we're gonna see i love it it's fun have fun yeah. with it and the jets were the better offensive team in this game by a country mile right so it's great to see when all five players all that are on the ice can be activated in that yeah he he was definitely feeling himself after that goal because he was he was going for number two and yeah like you said they, they were way better offensively and i posted the the deserve to win -o meter at the second period and throughout Charles from the Predators, I they look bad, uh, and I don't know how they've won games if that's how they look every night. But yeah, yeah, it's not no. good for sure. I, I agree with that. But um, one thing I want to talk about that also looked bad on our side: the power play tonight. Oh my goodness, the amount of chances that these guys had or that they could have had on the power play, like the four minute that they had, you know, all the different situations they were in. What is up with this power play? Yeah, I I don't know because they finally, like tonight they looked good, 
and Saros kind of goalied them, but it's been a concern kind of the whole year. They've been roughly bottom 10 or like at the bottom 10 mark in power play percentage. They're starting to generate better chances, but you need to see goals start going in because it's, it's games like these where the goalie is playing out of his mind, where you need a power play goal or two to put you over the edge uh, because otherwise it's 1-1 with five minutes left in a team that you should be killing because you've gotten four power plays and you haven't scored on any of them. So it was nice to see them move it around better, but they just they need to capitalize and actually start scoring because they have too much talent on that top uh, top unit to not score. Absolutely. And that's 100% right, too. And it's, again, like, you're you're watching the game and you're watching this unit. Like, there were a couple times where the first power play unit would stay out for the entire time. And even at 5-on-5, five five, those top power play unit guys, there were a couple times where they pulled off, like, almost entire offensive zone shift changes. Like, their possession was yeah. really good tonight. And it's like, okay, but at the end of the day, it's a 1-1 game. And if they score, you're down a goal. I don't care how well you're playing. You need to put a puck in the goal. You you have to. You have to. And the power play is the perfect chance to do that when you have such great offensive talent like they do, and they just couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah, and like there's certain plays that the Jets run where it's like, well, you see the seam pass setting up, or you see um, when Wheeler walks it out from behind the net, and then he tries to go back to Connor, and it seemed like everything that the Jets like to do on the power play was working tonight, but they just couldn't beat Soros. But at what point is like these plays, even when they do work, they're not scoring. So is it a schematic issue where they're not drawing up the right things for the right players? They started the year off just forcing it to Kyle Connor basically and saying, Hey, beat the goalie one-on-one with a one-timer. We're just going to give you five chances. And if you don't score, you don't score. Now it seems like they're starting to spread it out a little bit more. Shakes is getting some one-timers, Morrissey from the top, Wheeler down low, but it's just like they're generating, but they're just not finishing. And it, it it kind of boggled me this game for sure. There are games where they go for four in the power play and you're like, yeah, they didn't deserve to score this game. They kind of deserve to, but you need to see results. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always like to not finish off the segment because we're not, we're not dead yet, but um, talk <laughs> specifically about why I've chosen my Jersey of the day and why it's on the wall. Um, how, what did you think of Dubois game tonight? And how important do you think he was as a player, especially early on in the frame when the whole, um, you know, before the Nate Schmidt hit when he had a couple of, you know, good right. rushes to the net and, you know, kind of scrapped with the boys a little bit and all that kind of stuff and just kind of brought that energy to the room. Obviously, you know, we can talk a little bit about the Lowry fight and what that does to the team as well. Um, right. But what were your thoughts on Dubois game tonight and also his second line there? When I was taking notes, I, I wrote in the first period that it's good that he was looking good because the sick thing that kind of was scary at the end of the last game where, um, everyone thought he got benched because he wasn't. He, he had a bad game against Vegas, and then he came back, and you weren't sure if he was going to look like bad again or slow or sick or clearly still hurting. Uh, so it was good that he came out of the gate and was honestly one of the best offensive players for the Jets tonight, maybe the best. And then that line was great. Uh, uh, Cal Carr had a like word. So sorry. Right. Go on. Fair enough. Fair enough. Best forward. We'll go with that. Um, <laughs> go on. Cal Connor had 11 shots, and Dubois has, is a big reason for that. He creates space for him. I thought he had a great game. Best forward on the team tonight. 
yeah, I thought I thought it was great, and I think it's really important for the team. You know, they, they started off the game not bad or anything like that, but right. you need a couple of those drives the net. You need a couple of those pokes and a couple of those tussles. You know, not big crazy fights or anything stupid like that, but just to kind of get the energy up and get the guys to understand, like you know, we we need to you know start putting the pressure on here and that kind of stuff. So I think that that really set the tone early on, which is good. And I'm also anti-fighting, so I like you know trying to score a goal more than just trying to beat the shit out of some guy for no reason. So I like that. <laughs> yeah. Like I think, and Dubois also is the kind of guy that would try and take off someone's head to bring up the game for no reason. So I, I like that. I'm good. But speaking of taking off someone's head, um, you know, we had the Adam Lowry fight, of course, that came after yeah. the Schmidt hit. Thoughts on that? So I initially thought, do we know what he hurt? Was it his shoulder? I want to say shoulder. The way he labored off the ice, okay. it looked shoulder. Yeah. I thought when I f- saw the first replay, I thought that's a headshot. And then I saw him l- kind of go off the ice holding his shoulder. So then I don't know. My views didn- on the hit didn't really change. I still think he got him in the head. But yeah, it was when you slow it down, it looks really bad. But still, it's late. Uh, the puck is probably at the blue line at that point because Schmidt rimmed it around the boards. And it's high. And I just don't like it. And then. After all of that, I'm pretty sure it was even. Or there was no penalty on the hit, specifically. Yeah. And then Lowry had the fight. So, yeah, there was no penalties to come from it. I I think it was penalizable, if that's a word. But uh, I did not like it at all. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, again, like, I'm. what's the opposite of a boomer? I always say, is it snowflake? What's the opposite of a boomer? I'm a Gen Zer, whatever. So, <laughs> snowflake? Yeah, I'm a yeah. snowflake. I don't sure. love hitting either, but particularly in situations like that, like you said, the puck is at the blue line. What are you doing yeah. other than taking yourself out of the play? There's nothing effective there. Like, I understand maybe yeah. for, like, I guess division rivals or whatever, if you're in a playoff series and you're trying to wear down the guys or whatever, I don't know. But I just don't find that to be a super yeah. effective hit. And in this case, you hurt somebody. You injured someone. And it's like, who yeah. wants that, right? And, you know, obviously, you know, first and foremost, you hope for the best for Nate Schmidt. Like, you hate to right. see that. Not to speculate on the injury too much or anything like that, but to speculate on the injury. Whenever you hold yourself like that, like, to me, that doesn't look like a head injury. If your head is, like, real injured no. on the ice, you're not acting like that. You're confused. You're no. out of it. Like, to me, it looked like a physical like injury to something in the upper body maybe a neck maybe a shoulder but I'm thinking something shoulder related and I'm hoping it's just one of those you know sometimes when you get hit real hard it's like ouch and then once that wears off you're fine yeah um but you know and not returning to the game I'm always okay with that because you know better safe than sorry but cheaper is hoping for the best for enrichment yeah you see it kind of in football all the time where guys get like stingers in their shoulders and that's like the best case scenario for when a player goes off like laboring their shoulder um tim stutzla for ottawa got a shoulder injury a couple games ago and he sprinted down the tunnel and you're like well he's not coming back this game you hope he's not a long term uh and then they say he's only out a week which is good news for them but shoulder injuries are so tricky because it could be anything from a stinger and they're just being uh taking precaution, not bringing him back into the game. Or it could be uh, he's out for three months because he sprained something or dislocated something. And you just never know. But yeah, hoping for the best. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, before we wrap up with our final thoughts on the game, I'm going to do a quick ad read from our friends over at Sports Interaction. So think you know what way it's going to go. Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, or even the World Cup final coming up, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus, please play responsibly. So just to kind of wrap up our thoughts on the game here. So obviously we we talked specifically about, you know, some of the good, the bad that we saw and whatnot. Um, what from this game, Connor, do you think that you really want to see the Jets kind of carry forward with into their next game? I believe on Saturday, I think they're going over to the West Coast to play against Vancouver. What do you want to see continue against the Canucks this coming weekend? Well, Hellebuck led in that one concerning goal at the start, and then he ended up with like a 960 save percentage and saved over two and a half uh, goals over expected. So I like he's fine. Obviously, Riddick is uh, going to get a game in one of those two with it being a back-to-back in uh, Seattle on Sunday. But Hellebuck, obviously, this, the Jets go as far as he goes. Um, the top six, like you said, both playing good at the same time. It always feels like one's working and one's not. That's huge for this team's success if, if both Dubois and Shifley are carrying their lines and being number one centers. Uh, they become Their top six becomes amazing, and Ehlers is only two, three weeks away. Um, and then... The bottom six, I, I have mixed feelings about the bottom six because the wingers seem so interchangeable. Like, one game, Gagne will have a great game, and then he'll get promoted to the second line, and Iceman will get dropped down. And then Stenland had, had a great game, who was on the moose a week ago. So the bottom six is hard to make like have takeaways from because it changes so much, and certain players are playing good and certain players are not, and it just changes so much on a game-to-game basis. But the top six, Hellebuck your best players have to be your best players. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one thing that um, it's, this is going to be a really weird, this is a thing that I do. I go on these weird analogies and you wonder where I'm going and then I bring it back and I'm like, see, it makes sense. And then you're like, still no. Um, But in school, I do these things called case competitions where it's basically, um, you know, you get a business case, you analyze the problem, you present your solution. And as a case comp team, when you do a lot of these, um, you know, together, you figure out, you know, your strengths, your weaknesses and that kind of stuff. And one of my coaches once said to me, he's like, okay, what are you bad at? Make it good. What are you good at? Make it great. And what are you great at? And make that your competitive advantage. And I think that's a really important thing for the Winnipeg Jets is to understand their competitive advantage will always be Connor Hellebuck until he goes somewhere else in free agency, because let's be real. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. We don't need to go there right now. We don't need to go there right now. (laughs) Oh, no, no. <laughs> um, but their other competitive advantage should be that they have two fantastic centers uh, as a one-two punch down the middle. And not every team is as lucky as we are to have guys like that. And that's something that's great and needs to become a competitive advantage of theirs. So I think that's a really good takeaway to go forward with. And, you know, when both of those lines can really play, then we can see what this team is fully capable of. And th- and that's, that's exciting. Yeah. And obviously we talked about Schmidt. We don't know with him, but... The defense core, uh, I thought Sandberg played good. Yes. Like, obviously, when you go down to 5D, um, you're going to ask for more out of everyone. But I thought Sandberg, he got some shifts with Pianoc. He got some shifts with uh, DeMello. They were, like, just mixing it up all the time. But I thought he had a great game. Uh, You're going to need more. You talked about what you're good at, making it great. I think the defense core is, like, good, like, okay to good. If they can become great and get healthy, 
the Jets, well, they are contenders now, I think, but they can become one of the elite contenders. Absolutely. Yeah, 100% agreed. Um, so, Connor, thank you so much for coming and joining me on Game Over. Uh, always a pleasure to have you all in the chat, have you all coming and watching. Those of you who listen on podcasts after the fact, we appreciate you. Uh, you can find uh, everything SDPN related on Twitter. For all of the Game Over networks, you can find them at SDPN Sports. If you ever want to chat with me or see what nonsense I have to say, you can find me on Twitter as well. My <laughs> username is Liz Hood. And Connor's, I want to say, is Connor Rabcheck one question mark yes yes excellent nailed it so you can find us there and uh, we'll see you all on saturday for next game so connor thank you so much have a good night thanks everyone for coming and listening and thank goodness that puck went in yeah no kidding thank you for having me take care awesome game over powered by sports interaction canada sportsbook